Holy Spirit, we welcome you tonight as the teacher. Jesus, we welcome your presence here, your gifts, your callings, everything that we need to teach tonight, Lord. We've been going pretty fast clip here. Just slow down, Lord, acknowledge you, that you're the master teacher. You know what needs to be said. We pray that we hear, give us ears to hear. Pray for the spirit of wisdom and revelation, Lord, to be flowing in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, we're going to pick up on chapter 5 of 1 Corinthians. We're talking about a messy church, okay? Now, we've kind of demonstrated they had division going on. And that division, if you look at it, and this is Paul's argument throughout the book, there's worldly wisdom and there's godly wisdom. Godly wisdom has to do, re, revolve around the cross, the message of the cross, which is foolishness to the world. How do you win victory by being crucified and murdered and put to death? Non-retaliation. How does that bring a, a victory? And yet it did. Because even though the world, by its wisdom, nullified, crucified Jesus, denigrated him, shamed him, poured out their wrath on him, God vindicated Jesus. God raised Jesus from the dead, okay, and vindicated him. And it's through that <clears throat> death, burial, and resurrection that we walk in victory as Christians today. We receive the life of God, the wisdom of God, the very Spirit of God, and we walk in the steps of Jesus through this message of the cross, and we get victory the same way that Jesus did. It's amazing by the power of the cross. Now, we talked about Paul's authority, and Paul... You know, even though he says, like, there's Cephas and Apollos, and he still has authority. He's the founder of this church. And last week we talked about that. Paul said, hey, I'm coming to you, and I, can, I have authority. And I can use my authority. Should I come gentle or should I come with a rod? Because he has real authority. Then he goes on, and now he's going to get at some other issues going on in the church. And this one's a wild one. In chapter 5, he says, It is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you, and such sexual immorality is not even named among the pagans, that a man has slept with his father's wife, and you're puffed up, shouldn't you mourn? And he that did this deed, shouldn't he be taken away from you? For indeed, as absent in the body, I'm present in the spirit. I have already judged the person that did this deed as if present with you. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, when you're gathered together along with my spirit, with the power of the Lord Jesus, deliver such a one to Satan for the destruction of the flesh that his spirit may be saved. Your glorying is not good. Do you not know a little leaven leavens the whole lump? going to skip here. He says, I wrote to you in my epistle not to keep company with a sexually immoral person. I did not mean the sexually immoral person in the world or the covetous or the extortioner or the idolater because you'd have to go out of the world. No, I wrote to you, don't keep company with someone is called a brother and he's sexually immoral 
or covetous, an idolater, a reviler, a drunkard, an extortioner. Don't even eat with such a person. Hey, who are we to judge an outsider? We judge those inside, not those outside. Now, this is powerful. You know, a lot of times you'll hear the world is quick with judge not lest you be judged. You, you hear it all the time. If Anytime you weigh in on a moral issue, and Paul was telling you, don't judge the world. They're outside of the family of God. And uh, w- when someone's living outside of God, outside of God's salvation plan, of course, they're not under the spirit of God. They're not under the law of God. They can't obey God's law. It's not in their heart. They're going to disobey. And God is the one that's going to judge them. When someone is outside, we preach the gospel to them. It's not like you never mention sin to them, you know. You, the, the law brings conviction. Talking about sin brings convic- conviction. But we're not their judge. God's their judge. But we want to preach the gospel to them so they can turn and be saved. But Paul is clearly saying for somebody inside the church and they're living in this sin, and it's usually gross sin. It's not someone struggling and they need prayer or help or someone that had sinned once and, you know, Paul's talking about willful sin. This guy's probably sleeping with his stepmother of some kind and uh, it's willful sin. It's repeated sin. And Paul says they've got to judge this guy and cast him out of the church. Now, that's amazing. Most people won't allow for that in church. They won't allow for church correction and any judgment in the church because they have a misunderstanding of what the church is. The church is the body of Christ. We are holy and we are separate and we're different than the world. Out there in the world, yeah, people are going to do, I talked about how I met this transvestite guy. His name was Fred. He called himself Mary. And I just felt nothing but compassion for him. I preached the gospel to him. I loved on him. I keep looking for him. I want to see him again. But if someone gets saved and they really belong to Jesus, there's this idea that the Spirit of God is going to deliver us and save us and um, transform us. We become a new creation. In fact, in chapter 6, in the next lesson, um, Paul says, Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, idolaters, idolaters, homosexual, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. But he says, such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. So Paul says, some of you were that, but you're no longer that. You've been sanctified, you've been justified, you've been washed by God. So there's the clear expectation when someone comes to Christ that they're a new creation and these old things have passed away. So when someone commits such a gross sin like this, Paul says, hey, you've got to judge it. You can't have a believer, a believer, not a non-believer, but a believer sitting in your congregation you know, week after week, day after day, and committing this type of sin. Now, if a guy comes in your church and he's not a believer, 
and he's a seeker, and he's listening, and he's learning, and you're dealing with him, yet it's not up to you to judge that person, okay? But if someone is a brother in the Lord, and they profess Christ, they've been baptized into Christ, we do have the responsibility to correct and judge. Most of the time, when someone's in sin or something, you admonish them, you correct them, you gently bring them along. But there are times when you have to step in and do a little more. And this was one of those situations where they had to step in. They couldn't allow this type of behavior because he said, now get this, Paul says, a little leaven leavens the whole lump. See, this guy being in their body is going to bring sin into the body. He's going to bring a leaven that's going to grow in the church. And honestly, that's division. Like, Anytime division starts in the church, someone's unhappy. Unhappiness, unhappiness loves to grow. Someone's complaining and they'll grab somebody else and they'll start complaining and then they might grab two or three other people and they start complaining. And the right thing to do rather than complain is to go to that person that you have a beef with and talk to them. Say, hey, this is my... But people, because of carnality, people don't do that. They gossip they complain and they gather together and pretty soon you've got throughout the church you've got this leaven working it's called division uh, starts working in division and a lot of times the leader of the church is the last one to know about it which honestly if we're spiritual you should go to the leader or the person you're offended with right away right but a little leaven leavens the whole lump, and it sows that throughout the body, right? That's very carnal. And this guy, what he was doing, Paul said he's going to sow this throughout the body, and it's not good. So they had to judge him. And then in chapter 6, he goes on. I'm not going to belabor that. I mean, we, we, we can see it. It's clear. Just read that. The church has the responsibility uh, to judge, to admonish, to correct, all these things I talked about. That keeps division out of the body. That keeps leaven out of the body. The church is the pillar and ground of the truth. Uh, God holds the church, obviously, to a higher standard. Now, get this. He said, turn this guy over to Satan for the destruction of his flesh. God wasn't going to destroy his flesh. He said, turn him over to the devil. That's pretty strong. Brian, have you ever heard anybody turn anybody over to the devil in church? <laughs> I never have. You know, I, I, I don't even, in a way, I, it's hard to even understand what Paul is, but Paul had the authority, he's saying, okay, if he's going to do this, just let him go, uh, dismiss him from your church, and he'll be outside the church, and he'll be turned over to the devil, and he'll be judged. Now, we know in this uh, story, this guy actually repented. Paul said, forgive him, and they brought him back into the church. All right, so we, we know that. So, um, I'm going to go ahead and finish this thought in chapter 6 so we can move on next week. So in chapter 6, they have a similar thing going on because there's division again. Here we go, back to division. Because there's division in chapter 6, people in the church are suing one another. They've got a beef with one another. Rather than work it out amongst themselves or going to an elder or a brother in the church and working this out, they're taking it out to the civilian courts and they're suing one another in the law. And Paul says, isn't that just a defeat? He said, why not rather be wronged rather, you know, and just let it go rather than go to the civilian courts? He said, that itself is a failure, 
Why are you taking it to the civilian courts? Aren't there Christian brothers that could judge these things? He said, hey, we're going to judge angels, let alone these affairs in life. Find someone in the church to judge between you, but don't step on each other. Don't bring division in the body. Don't sue one another. See, again, he's bringing this correction to stop the division, to stop the carnality, to stop the wisdom of the world. He tells them, get the least wise person in the church and let them make a decision. He said it's a failure. Um, he said it's a failure when you go to court with one another. So, see, this, this idea here, again, is that Paul is dealing with issues in the church and he's trying to bring order, he's trying to bring unity, and he's guiding them after godly wisdom. And we'll pick up there next week.